your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to another episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes and the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and as we are always joined on Sundays, we're joined with LaShawn Daniels, former Iowa running back. LaShawn, my man, how are you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Uh, always good on Sunday after a Hawkeye W, so we're doing all it- right, man. It feels good. We're we're nine and two, and I absolutely love it. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at, and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. And this episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. LaShawn, my man. So, we get the W. That is the biggest thing, the most important thing. Illinois came out kind of hot. We kind of expected that. Illinois, the last couple of years, they've done a really great job of starting well against Penn State this year. They did a great job of starting well against Minnesota. They got a 14-point lead and just sat on the football. This year, this game, they come out, they get a 10-point lead. Were you worried at all after that 10-point lead? Or were you thinking, you know what? Phil figures this out. What were your thoughts after the 10 to nothing lead by Illinois? Yeah, um, I know I wasn't too worried uh, about it. I mean, early on, I mean, it looked like obviously the first part of their game plan, you know, basically worked to a team and they were probably doing a little bit more things that, you know, I probably quite wasn't expecting. Um, I know it was allowing them to move the football pretty effectively, those early drives um, in the ball game. But we know that football is a long football game. It's a full 16 minutes. Um, and, you know, momentum can shift at any, any point in time. Um, and, you know, knowing the guys and knowing that, uh, the type of fight that they have and the staff that they have that, um, you know, they're going to make the, make the right adjustments, um, to get back on track and, you know, they went ahead and did that. So, but, you know, obviously give credit to Illinois. They came out, they came out ready to play. I mean, that first drive they had, um, going 75 yards, um, taking over six minutes off the clock. Again, that was, that was probably their game plan and how they wanted it to be. Um, but, you know, our staff is too smart and our players are too smart to really let them continue to do that. And so, um, no, I wasn't too worried at all. I love man. I, I think, the, the honestly, the biggest concerning thing to me was that Illinois on that first drive threw for 60 yards of their 80-yard mm-hmm. drive. Uh, coming into this game, Illinois was fourth in the nation in rushing attempts per game the last three games. All mm-hmm. right, they're just gonna run the ball. They start throwing the ball consistently. They're throwing it to Jamari Harris. They're throwing it wherever Jack Kerner would have been, but he was not because he's out with an injury. Um, so that that part was a little bit concerning to me. But after that, Iowa did a, a fantastic job. The Charlie Jones kick return. Uh wow, that was mm-hmm. electric. The the stadium was like, oh man, we're down 10 nothing. We're down 10 nothing. Charlie gets the ball, he cuts up, and you're like, Maybe he'll get 40 yards. Like people are getting excited about getting like 40 yards. Then he burst past the corner and everyone is just going absolutely insane. Charlie Jones changed the momentum mm-hmm. of this game, in my personal opinion. Uh, you're right. 10 nothing against Illinois, not a problem. We've been down worse than that last year against Illinois. But 
Charlie Jones being able to take that kick back was was absolutely huge. Anything you saw on that kick return, anything about Charlie Jones you want to talk about before we get into the next segment? Um, first off, obviously, uh, great blocking by the return team. Everybody was doing fantastic job, basically getting on their man and staying on their man long enough just for Charlie to get um, by those guys because it's hard to block on kickoff return. I didn't do it in college, but I did it in the NFL, and that is hard. <laughs> it is a hard <laughs> job to be able to do. Um, and uh, blocking those guys um, and making sure that you know those blocks were being held long enough just for Charlie to get by them was was huge. And then obviously, I think uh, Coach Woods came up with a good uh, return play call for for the opportunities. Right? I mean, they tried to pin uh, Charlie all the way on the far side of the field. And, you know, they really set it up to, you know, obviously bring it up and then use his speed and expand, you know, to that uh, wider side of the field and obviously use his speed uh, to get by those guys. So uh, it was huge, huge momentum shift. Um, obviously, having Charlie back there and his type of speed back there was huge um, for the success of that football play, but also the, the blockers on that, I think, were really the the MVPs of that play for sure. I love it, man. Um, for you, what was the biggest adjustment going to, from college football to the NFL? Uh, really probably the speed. The speed is probably like the biggest thing, um, like without a doubt. Like, I mean, like you think about um, playing in college and, you know, the best guys you play against in college. I mean, like they're athletic guys, right? But, I mean, they're nothing – uh, spectacular, anything crazy like that. Like every now and again, right, you will go against crazy athletic athletic people. Um, and even like the best players in the other teams that you go against, I mean, a lot of them, again, they won't have sustained NFL careers uh, at all. But like when you get to the NFL, obviously everybody is that freaky athletic guy. Everybody, all these guys were the best people on their team, probably best people in their conference, right? And um all that speed flying around is is huge. Um, is a huge difference in comparison to college, the NFL. And on top of that, these guys are consistent every single play. It's not like in college where um, uh, you know the consistency is probably not quite there. Um, you know, they're probably not, not not quite as locked in every single play. Well, in the NFL, it's every single play. There is no taking a play off. Not whether you're in a game or in practice. Like there is no because um, these guys are literally the best of the best. When you think of some of like really the best, you know, 1600 ish, uh, football players on the planet, right. These are going to be the most athletic, most consistent players, um, that you could possibly go against. And, you know, that's really the biggest difference because I mean, as far as like football smarts and concepts and everything, I mean, for the most part, you learn a lot of that stuff in college, right. That's not really the toughest adjustment. Um, but really like that speed adjustment and that consistency thing, play after play is really the, the the biggest change at least it felt like for me yeah very interesting do you, do you feel like charlie jones will return then or no do you think he's gonna go to the nfl or not um you know you know i don't know you know it's a good it's a good question i mean uh you know charlie's really coming into his own i think um more as a pass catcher um obviously we knew his ability as a return man last year and I, um, but I think really this year he's shown off his plenty of his ability to be able to 
be a pass catcher and be a weapon in the offensive football game, um, which, you know, I'm not sure if what's on his mind, if he's thinking, hey, maybe I come back, show you know more of my offensive skill set and, um, you know, just gets more tape out there and um, puts me in a better opportunity to be able to, um, you know, obviously go ahead and uh, get on the NFL roster. But I mean, I think, you know, at this point in time, um, if he continues to uh, continue to play well throughout the year, he's going to test well. Um, you know, even if he were to go in the NFL this year, I feel like he'd obviously be able to um, do a lot of special teams, right? Be a gunner on punt, um, you know, obviously catch punts, kick, kick return, things like that. He'd be asked on special teams just because of his athleticism. Um, but, you know, yeah, he could, you know, want to come back and say like, hey, I want to show you know, more viability as a receiver and honestly wouldn't fault him for that. Um, so, I mean, it's probably just a toss up at this point. Um, yeah. And, you know, cause he, cause he was a transfer guy. So again, he didn't have all this time here. Right. So like uh, he could, again, still want to get more tape out there and things like that and just enjoy playing Iowa football. So. To, to me, it's kind of interesting. It, it really depends. I think when you look at his kick return ability, his punt return ability, NFL teams are going to look at that and say, we can we can work with this. We want mm-hmm. this. But mm-hmm. I think it's really the question of, do you have more to add at the wide receiver position? And does what you have to add make a contributing impact to our team? And will mm-hmm. it impact your draft stock? I think that's really the question that's going to kind of answer. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he goes out for a senior day. Uh, I would love to see Charlie Jones back. But does it impact his draft stock? I don't know. But whenever you yeah. are that good of a kick returner, you always get chance. Devin Hester, mm-hmm. you know this. You're a Bears guy. I mean, Devin Hester was a phenomenal kick returner yeah. and didn't really do a lot else, anywhere else, and was drafted mm-hmm. the second round out of Miami. So um, it'll be really interesting to see where Charlie Jones ultimately ends up if he decides to actually officially graduate and leave the school. But again, yeah. like you said, he transferred in. He could have another year if he wanted to due to COVID. So mm-hmm. literally interested to see where Charlie Jones heads. Um, I want to talk about the offense a little bit. 33 points. We only scored one offensive touchdown. We're going to talk about that, though, in a few moments. I want to tell you all about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I know you've all heard about this. And you have to absolutely try it. It's so amazing. Prize picks a leader in college sports daily fantasy. And they offer more college sports props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They offer they all also, excuse me, offer any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. So if you had Brandon Peters with an interception or more, you would have won yesterday. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, you pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. And prize picks allows, allows mixed sport entries as well, so you get basketball and football together. And right now, for a limited time, all of our listeners can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-M. Again, don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. And again, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. So, Sean, I didn't tell you this before we kick the show off, but yesterday I was at the stadium. Um, being at Kinnick was amazing. Anyone who's watching the show, uh, can tell I'm I'm struggling, I think. Um, but but we have you here, and that's what's the most important thing. 
I was talking to two guys and my, my dad, my buddy's dad was like, Hey, have you heard of the locked on Hawkeyes? They're like, Oh my gosh, we listen every single Sunday when LaShawn's on. So uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Uh, they, they loved your show. It was super cool to meet some people who, who listen to our show on Sundays, which I think is awesome. Uh, so mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate that. I thought it was awesome. Um, before we took a break, we talked about Charlie and the fact that he is an amazing and phenomenal returner. The offense, though, I think we have some question marks. We win. We score 33 points, but we only score one off as a touchdown. Now, my question to you is Alex Padilla went six for 17. Do you think Alex or Spencer gets to start next week? Um, I still think Alex starts next week, um, to be quite honest. Uh, obviously, six of what was it, six of 16, 17? 17, yeah. Uh, that's not ideal. Six of 17 <laughs> of the interceptions, not ideal, right? Um, and but a big part of that was, you know, he had a lot of drops yesterday. Uh, it felt like every single time, especially early in the game, it felt like every single time the ball was on, like, on target, right? The guys just couldn't come up with the football, um, which was, I thought, an issue, uh, clearly, right? Because we really didn't put up um, too many offensive points, right? Um, Caleb Sulak was obviously doing a great job, you know, hitting yard- field goals from 50 yards out. Um, because we couldn't really drive the ball um, into Illinois territory at all. So 617 is not ideal, but I still think Alex gets the start um, because the, and the reason being is just, I just feel like um, with uh, Alex back there, it makes the offensive line perform better in the passing game. And I really think that that's, that's really kind of how it's going to have to be, um, you know, for Iowa to be able to have success. I mean, as we've seen this year, the offensive line is really not an offensive line as it's been in Iowa standards. Granted, there's a lot of young guys on there, guys who haven't played a lot of football, um, really outside of uh, Tyler and Kyler. So, like, um, having Alex in there, even though he's not, like I've said before, he's not Lamar Jackson back there, but he is yeah. mobile enough to be able to, you know, move around in the pocket um, and, you know, avoid taking sacks. So I think it's huge. Um, it's just, you know, that completion percentage and, you know, actually getting the ball downfield and moving the football is very, very important. But I still feel like the offense just flows better with Alex back there right now. So I would be shocked if Spencer gets the start next week. Um, but those are just my, my initial thoughts. Yeah, I, I would completely agree with that. Um, I just took a quick look at the drops, four drops for Iowa in that game. Um, Alex's adjusted completion percentage would have been 62.5%. So um, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, there there's definitely some issues, the wide receiver core. Um, and yeah, 6-17, it's not good. We, we can't, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. 6-17 is not a good stat line, including one interception there. What I liked there were a couple things. First and foremost, I did think he played well. I thought when he threw the ball, he threw, he's throwing it confidently. He's throwing it in places only his wide receiver could catch it. The Keegan Johnson interception, I, I go back and forth. But at the end of the day, I like the fact that you're giving Keegan a chance. Mm-hmm. It was a bad throw, but you take away the bad throw, you were trying to give Keegan a chance in one-on-one coverage to come up and make a play. I'll take that. I just want to challenge the defense. The other piece is I felt like there was probably five or six times in this game where I looked and I'm like, 
this play would not have been called if Spencer was quarterback. Mm. The rollout, the bootleg, not called. I mean, I, I there, there's just so many plays where I'm like, Brian Ferentz's offense, and, and people, a lot of people on here don't like Brian Ferentz. They don't like his offense. They don't like his play calling. Everyone's always going to be pissed off. If you haven't went, won every single game, people are going to be mad about your play calling. I thought the play calling, though, the playbook clearly, in my opinion, opened up because of Alex Padilla's presence. And I don't know how you look at that and say, we're going to go back to the tree. Like, we're going to go back to Spencer Petras, and we're going to go back to an offense that is clearly limited because he cannot move at all. So I, I'm excited. I, I'm thinking this is the Alex Padilla express train the rest of the season. It'll be really interesting to see how Iowa handles this in the offseason mm -hmm. as well. Um, one of the things I thought was really cool about this offense, though, I loved the the fake jet motion, not fake jet motion at the same time. Uh, that I thought was cool. We saw a reverse yesterday. We saw Charlie Jones try to pass a football. I mean, like, I, these are things like I haven't seen in like a long time. So any thoughts on the play calling for you before we get into uh, a few freshmen that I want to talk about a little bit like Arlen and Keegan? Yeah, so uh, I felt early on like the play calling was uh, – I feel like it was much better than it was than how it got later in the game. I felt like our first 15 – uh, that we had out, I thought were like really good. Like I mean, yeah. there was a lot of, there was a lot of different things like we were throwing in there. Um, you know, we had Chet Sweets, we had um, uh, the dive pitch, right? We had um, rollouts, we had, you know, basically everything um, that was different than what we've been been doing, uh, you know, for a lot of the, <laughs> the season. Um, but then, I don't know what happened, right? When we had the opportunity at the end of the half, had like the worst two-minute drill I've ever seen. Um, I don't know what, what was up with that and what the play calling was up with there. <laughs> um, but uh, I definitely feel like early on, the play calling was much, much stronger than it was um, later in the game. And I don't know if they, if, you know, they adjusted to the things that, you know, that they might want to call or what. But I definitely like the... Uh, variability and the creativity that we had early in the game. And I feel like we kind of got away from that um, in the second half. And we really weren't able to put, you know, too much of anything together in the second half. So, yeah, it was frustrating the second half for sure. Um, when you kick, what was it, like four or five field goals, uh, it gets annoying. You, you can move the ball between the, the 20s and you can't move the ball in the 20s. You want to be able to capitalize and score touchdowns on those plays. But Nevertheless, Iowa does win. Um, what I what I was very interested in is the fact that we were seeing some creativity. As you mentioned, mm -hmm. that's first first 15 plays. That was awesome to see. Arlen Bruce, they clearly want to utilize him in a number of different ways. Arlen is a kid who played quarterback in high school, can play running back, can play wide receiver. Let's get him involved. I was talking to my buddy, and I was like, let's what if we saw him in the Wildcat? What if we saw Arlen as the Wildcat quarterback with Tyler Goods next to him? Maybe that's a little bit too uh, too aggressive, but <laughs> even in the last game, he had four runs, which is awesome to see. Arlen definitely being a bigger part of this offense. Um, the jet motions were cool. Uh, when Arlen has the ball in his hands, um, and I, I loved Amir Smith-Marset, but Amir Smith-Marset was a north-south speed guy. Mm -hmm. Arlen, to me, has significantly better agility than Amir. 
maybe not significantly, but has better agility than Amir. And what Arlen can do with the ball in his hands is really impressive. Did you see anything about Arlen or even like Gavin Williams, who had 10 carries in this game? Uh, anything you want to call for those two freshmen? Or, yeah. Well, Arlen's a freshman and Gavin's a sophomore. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're doing uh, great things. I think, um, you know, they want to use Arlen kind of how Florida used to use Percy Harvin back in the day. Obviously, yep. Arlen's not that type of ability um that Percy Harvin had but I think they want to be able to use him like that because again he does a great job in the passing game and then he does a great job in the running game with the ball in his hand with the ball in his hands and he can create um some explosive plays um doing those things which I think is huge it just tells you you know how much first off the coaching staff trusts him to be able to put him in that many different positions and being able to uh, call it many different plays for him, and then it also speaks to his ability as a as a freshman um, and talent that he's bringing in um, to the team to be able to provide provide spark. And then, yeah, I mean, Gavin was doing you know a great job running football yesterday. Uh, you know, reading the holes pretty well. Um, again, watching it from the TV, right? You don't have the yeah. the end zone the end zone view or whatever. But I mean, it seemed like he was reading the holes pretty well. Um, only thing that my only critique that I had for him was just his pad level was high. Um, but as a younger guy, that's just, that's, it's, it's a natural thing, right? Your pad level is naturally higher as you are when you're younger. But I mean, I thought he did a really good job running the football um, and helping uh, spell Tyler a little bit um, because, you know, yesterday obviously we felt, fed him pretty, pretty well. And, you know, having another back in there that can come in and, um, make plays as well and, you know, keep the, keep the, the ball moving. Um, it's definitely a huge asset to the team. So the, the future is definitely bright um, for those two young guys. 100% agree. I mean, uh, Gavin Williams had 10 rushes. Tyler Gibson had 27 for 132 yards, a pretty good day for him. But Gavin, 10 rushes, 56 yards, a 5.6-yard per carry average. Um, love to see it with, with, with Gavin. I, I thought when he ran the ball, he ran hard. It was definitely mm -hmm. a different – he has a different running style than Tyler. And so anytime he gets in the game, it, it is going to be a little bit different. And honestly – a little bit more reminiscent of the you and Akram days. Now, Grant, mm -hmm. I know, I know you wish you would have gotten some of the the the, the, the tosses and the plays made for uh, typically faster guys. Mm -hmm. You're like, I should have gotten those. But when a two a two running back system, it feels like Gavin's kind of more of your your kind of speed and, and Tyler's more of the Akram speed in the, in this game, which I think is definitely – it's good to have that. It's good to have kind of a yin and a yang when it comes to that. I want to talk a little bit more about that um, here in a few short moments, but I do want to tell you all about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. If you haven't tried a Built Bar, why not? If it is because I haven't sent you your package yet, then I apologize there. However, I'll be getting those out here this week. But if you haven't tried Built Bar yet, you got to check it out builtbar.com they have new limited time flavors coming out every three to four days built bars are amazing they're protein bars that are not chalky they're not waxy and they're not hard to choke down a built bar is soft and it's covered in 100 real chocolate and when you bite into it you know you're eating something different it's more of an experience one that you'll enjoy in fact you'd swear you're eating a candy bar it's literally that good. I swear by Built Bars. They are low carb, low calorie, low fat, low sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So go to built.com, that's B-U-I-L-T.com, and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. 
All right, Sean. So last week we talked a little bit about Tyler Goodson. I asked you, do you feel like he's going pro? Um, you gave a very good answer in that regard. Like, what does he have to prove to the next level? He he has done so many great things, and people have a pretty good understanding of what Tyler Goodson brings to the table. Is his draft stock going to improve? Um, that'll definitely be a question we try to answer as we get closer to that decision day. But I feel pretty good seeing what Gavin Williams is doing. Gavin Williams unseating Ivory Kelly Martin. Ivory Kelly Martin, those are the snaps that he typically would get. But Gavin Williams is there. Um, with Jack Kerner out yesterday, with uh, Matt Hankins out yesterday, we also saw some other freshmen show up. Uh, Cooper DeGene. Cooper DeGene is a guy who I am so excited to see on the defensive side of the football. Um, that special teams tackle that he had was phenomenal. We saw him play a little bit of cornerback. Um, I I don't remember Iowa playing this many younger guys this late in the season. A am I making that up? Am I just thinking that out loud that it's not actually it's actually happening? Like, do, does Iowa typically play this many younger guys late in the season? Well, <laughs> tough question to answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just thinking of, you know, the time I was there, no, no, uh, not really. Granted, so what the rule changes and the four games before, like, you lose the red shirt, obviously it allows, um, you know, more guys to get reps um, in ball games. But, I mean, still, like, you still have to be able to earn those reps, right? I mean, even if, you know, you're a freshman, like, you still have to earn playing time, right? You just don't – it's not just given to you. Um, so – no, I can't think of, you know, a time, you know, where we've had a lot of young guys in this late um, in the season. Because, I mean, like you think of November, November football and call is just like that's a time where it's like, hey, it's like time to buckle down. We're trying to, um, you know, finish the season and obviously win a division championship and um, things like that. So um, it's really you got to give plenty of credit to these guys that are coming in. Um, you know, really ready to play. Um, you know, obviously they've had a, had a lot of great work ethic, work ethic. Um, you know, building on their talent and their ability in high school, and then obviously continuing that. Um, you know, as they get to Iowa and not um, just feeding into the hype of like, oh, now I'm a college football player, right? They're trying to um, earn their reps, right? Putting in the work in the weight room, putting in the work on the practice field showing the coaches like, Hey, I have some ability to, I, I can help out the football team too. So um, I feel like it's, it's definitely rare. And, but uh, for a coach parents football team to have this many young guys playing and, you know, really this many impactful positions so late um, in the year, which I think is, I think it's good because there's always a lot of talent, um, you know, young guys that can add value to the team even though they might, they might not quite be, uh, you know, ready yet in a sense, but they yeah. still have, you know, that ability that can help um, when football games. And I really think that, that, that might be, I think that's a little shift. And I think coach Ferentz's, um mindset and like, Hey, we have these guys, right. Even though they might not be perfect, they might not know every little thing, but um, you know, let's go out there. They've been doing a great job in practice. Let's give them a shot and see if they can help us make a play. So I do love seeing that um, from, from just a, a team in general. So, Yeah, and at any time you can have younger guys contribute and you still win nine games. I mean, I think people are, people are very interesting when you talk to them about Iowa Hawkeye football, especially this year, because if you would have told me we would go nine and three or ten and two this year, I would have taken that. 
Like, let's mm-hmm. roll. I love that. I'm excited. We had a very tough schedule. Yes, Iowa State has not looked as good as Iowa State has. Indiana was going to regress, but they were not a bad team. Yet, you look at the schedule and think, wow, 9-2. and two. That's awesome. You're playing so many young guys, and a lot of these guys can return. You look at the offense. You have Arlen and Keegan. If Alex Padilla is the quarterback, whoever the heck the quarterback is, they're returning as well. Tyler Goodson can still return. Gavin Williams is definitely returning. You have several offensive linemen who are getting their first collegiate snaps ever this year. I mean, Connor Colby is a true freshman. These guys are all coming back. Defensively, we're finally not losing three or four defensive linemen to the NFL. We have these guys come back. Yes, the defensive line has struggled at times, but they are finally all coming back. The linebacker group is coming back. Our secondary is the only one who's really being hit. And I truly think Riley Moss could come back depending on how he wants to handle testing with that injury. So, um, you know, playing a lot of younger guys and it's working. And I'm really excited to see the kind of future development of this program. But when you're nine and two and you're playing a lot of young guys, I'll take that. Last week, last week we talked a lot about tackling. Uh, Minnesota's rushing attack seemed to really target some weaknesses from an Iowa perspective. Uh, tackling wasn't good. We got an odd article from Chad Lysico this week where he was talking about tackling as well and the fact that the team is just playing so many snaps. They're tired. They're worn out. They're exhausted. So I was a little bit worried coming into this game where Illinois typically features six or seven offensive linemen. Um, I want to ask you first. I'm going to tell you a stat after this. How do you feel like the tackling? How do you feel like what would be your grade on the tackling for this Iowa Illinois game? Let's see. I mean, just off the top of my head, I mean, it seemed much better than it was last week, right? So if I had to give them a grade, I mean, I'd probably give them a, a B. I mean, it seemed like they, they yeah. were doing a relatively pretty good job um, defensively doing uh, tackling. So if I told you, and I, I didn't mean to set you up like that that bad. <laughs> Last week, PFF. Now, PFF is not the end-all, be-all of statistics. Mm-hmm. However, they gave Iowa a 69.1 tackling grade against Minnesota. Against mm-hmm. Illinois, Iowa got a 65.2, and they had eight missed tackles. Mm-hmm. It felt like Iowa was doing a significantly better job, at least early in the game, of mm-hmm. wrapping up. Or if nothing else, yeah. grabbing the guy and hanging on and letting three other guys come, as opposed to previously where they were just allowing them to run over them and it was very mm-hmm. frustrating so i don't know i thought the tackling was phenomenal um especially compared to last week i thought the game plan defensively was significantly better uh, you saw iowa swarming to the football and even when illinois came out throwing the football iowa was able to make some adjustments um and really just kind of shut down the illinois attack which has been mm-hmm. a good attack that's here and they've beaten penn state they've beaten minnesota they've beaten teams that are, that are quality quality opponents yeah yeah no agreed definitely agreed um yeah, uh, I don't really have much to add there. No, I mean definitely, <laughs> definitely agree. I think, uh, I think why we probably felt the tackling was better this week was probably because they weren't creating like explosive plays really throughout the run game, and I think that's where like it feels like where you're missing tackles. Like a lot of times, it comes from there, and it comes from running backs breaking, you know, two, three tackles in one play, um, and creating an explosive run out of it, and. You know, that's just my guess and why I probably felt that way. Um, yeah, they created a whole bunch of explosives in the past game, um, which was probably, you know, a shock to us. And it's uh, probably weren't expecting that at all. Um, but they feel like that's probably why the, the, the thing, why the difference, um, you know, felt like in the game yesterday. So, 
I mean, I think it's a call out though. Like when you're when you're running the football and you do create an explosive play because of missed tackles, it seems exponentially worse. Yes. Than if you are in a passing game and like someone breaks tackle, okay, it's a cornerback, not a big deal. But in the running yeah. the running game, like when someone breaks tackle, it it feels like the bottom just dropped out of your soul. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is bad. Uh, against mm-hmm. Illinois, that was not the case. Um, we're going into Nebraska, so Iowa is nine and two. They're going into play Nebraska this week. Uh, Nebraska did Nebraska things against Wisconsin. I was really hoping they could actually pull out a W, but it's Nebraska and I can't rely on them for anything other than being within one score of every team they play. <laughs> Do you hate Nebraska? Uh, really getting right into the questions today. Not, <laughs> not, there's no sugarcoating these questions. I mean, you know, I don't hate them, but like, I don't have, I mean, I definitely don't like them. I mean, I have, I mean, there's no, there's no really anything there really like for me, uh, obviously like, you know, it's a trophy game and whatnot. And, um, you know, uh, it gets become, it's becoming, I have to feel like a bigger rivalry in a sense, because obviously like before, like really, you know, 2014, like Nebraska really didn't, you know, think too much of us. I mean, honestly, you could obviously tell by the comments they would make through their athletic department and so on yep. and so forth. Um, like Iowa was like the, the the lowest they could ever go, it seemed like. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. well, you see where you're at now because you're not at the point of even being close to touching Iowa's jockstrap. So. Mm-hmm. 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 But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I definitely don't like those guys at all um, because, first off, they couldn't get a win yesterday when we needed them to. Um, you know, yeah. just sold at the end of the game, uh, you know, as usual. Um but, you know, you know, I never really had any issues with them. We just always want to really beat those guys because, I mean, they're stuck in the past for some reason. Like, they're still, like, some powerhouse football team, blue blood football team, and they're – frankly, they're just not. They're just not. And, um, you know, we've obviously shown that to them really over the past six, seven years. So, um, you know, hopefully we just, you know, keep that up and keep that keep that going. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I texted my buddy. He's a huge Nebraska fan, so you can only imagine the suffering and the pain he's felt. And I said, I really don't understand Nebraska football. This was like halfway through the fourth quarter. And he said, no one does. Are you watching? And I said, yes. He's like, you know how this ends, right? I'm like, yes, Nebraska loses by seven. He's like, yep, I've seen this happen seven times this year. We're going to lose by seven, and we'll do it in a ridiculous way. Sure enough, they absolutely do. Um, yeah. Iowa has the opportunity to get to 10 wins and if Minnesota does some cool things, maybe I was playing in the Big Ten championship game. Um, just to take a, take a quick look back for the last question of the day, would you have taken this? I mean, is this is this what you expected for the season, or is this better or worse? It just depends. What was the alternative? <laughs> it depends. Like, what That's was right. the alternative? <laughs> what was your alternative? What did you think um, Iowa? Was- so I, I predicted Iowa to go nine and three this year. Um, so I'm looking at this I'm like we're good. We, we lost the games I thought we were going to lose. I'm a little annoyed about how we lost them, to be fair. I hope we would be a little bit more competitive. But what did you think this team was going to do this year coming into the season? You know, I was really thinking probably – I honestly thought we'd probably get to 10 wins, um, probably, if not more, get to 11. Um, oh, man, so your expectations were high. Yeah, my, my expectations happy to be here. Mine were <laughs> high because, you know, obviously last year was a COVID year, right? Um and you know everything was weird last year but you know when it comes to you know iowa football and you think about you know really like the past 
um, you know, like 10-ish years, right? I feel like the Wisconsin game is really like a real good like barometer, I feel like, of where like kind of like the program is at and kind of where I'm um, moving forward. And I felt like how dominant the win was against Wisconsin last year. Um, granted, yeah, we lost some pieces, right? We didn't know we we had lost some um skill guys, we lost some you know people on defense, right? We lost uh you know players, you know, everywhere on the field. But I felt like, man, like we got a really, really strong um offense, I feel like still um moving forward here, right? I mean, yep. you know, I was thinking like, hey, Spencer's gonna have an, has a full year on his belt, he's got more development, all this stuff. Um, you know, the offensive line is going to be uh led by Tyler the running back room skill guys can be led by Tyler as well like you know we're going to have um you know some success on the offense and you know as the season went along right and we got past the Penn State game I'm like okay like we got past the Penn State who I thought felt like was obviously a really really good football team at the time um with you know still minimal offensive production and I'm like looking ahead I'm like I don't know. Like we're like I'm like we're looking pretty good. Like um, you know, uh, first I mean I should have known better, right? We haven't had success against <laughs> Purdue. We haven't had success against Purdue for really a long time now. Um, and uh, you know, obviously the Wisconsin is is Wisconsin, right? And you know, I was I had high expectations. I felt like you know we were going to do good things this year, and we still did. I mean, we're still in a really really good spot. Right, pretty almost basically in line of you know where I expected us to be. I just think that we got there probably a little bit differently than um, you know I might have expected. Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting year. I mean, uh, it's been an up and down emotional year. Um, like I said, I, I predicted I would go nine and three. I'm I'm happy if I have to, if I take a holistic look, I'm okay with this. I'm happy mm-hmm. with with potentially getting ten wins. Yeah, um, it feels like. We could have done some different things against Wisconsin or Purdue. I, I know we got just our crap rocked in those games, but it yeah. felt like we were a more talented team. We could handle that. That being said, yeah. going into next year, my expectations are through the roof. I mean, th- this <laughs> team, we, we return most of our starters uh, outside mm-hmm. of the secondary, and the secondary is the one area where I don't have a lot of concerns because Phil does such a good job of coaching these guys up. Um, yes, it is the best part of our entire team, but you're, a lot of these guys have starting experience. Terry Roberts is a phenomenal corner. I cannot wait to get him back on special teams. Jamari Harris has not looked that bad. I mean, Sebastian Castro played yesterday. Quinn Schulte played yesterday. I mean, Dane Belton probably will be back. So, I mean, the secondary is going to be good as well. So, it, the, the, in my opinion, the expectations, the sky's the limit next year. So, I'm really excited for next year's team as well. Um, LaShawn, anything we want to anything want to add before I close out the show today? I know I've kind of jumped around <laughs> quite a bit here. Nah, 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 nah. I don't really have too much. Um, yeah, obviously next year expectations again they're gonna be they're gonna be high, right? I was starting to put themselves in a really good spot in the Big Ten and consistency really over the past really you know eight years, um, putting us in a really good spot and being able to compete for the West and be in a Big Ten championship game, um, to have opportunity to win the Big Ten, and but you know as we've seen right, it's hard to go uh undefeated in the regular season right we only it's only been done one time one time right (laughs) so like it's it's hard to do um so obviously expectations are high um but you know football is football right things happen all the time changes happen 
And, you know, you never know what's going to happen in the next game, let alone the next play. So excited, though. Definitely excited because there's a lot of players on the team. I feel like they have ability. I feel like recruiting classes have been pretty good, getting guys in that have ability as well. So definitely excited. But, um, you know, just looking forward to obviously a good week this week, being Nebraska on Black Friday and, um, you know, just keeping that keeping that streak rolling. So so definitely go Hawks, though. Should be a lot of fun. Um, I have, I, I told you I was dumb, but I have two last questions for you. Okay. One, okay. are you going to go to the bowl game if they make it to a New Year's Six Bowl? And two, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food item? Mm. So if they do go to a New Year's Six, I was thinking about this. I was like, gotta go, right? Gotta <laughs> yeah. go. Um, if they somehow luck into the Big Ten Championship game, I'm definitely going because Indianapolis is right up the street. So yep. definitely going to that. But um, I don't know if I, I definitely want to go for sure. Um, it just depends. It just depends how the how um, when it is and how things line up. Because uh, yeah, it'll, it'll just depend. It'll just depend. But I definitely want to go because I mean it'll, yeah. it'll be fun and you know to see see the boys play and um, be around the Hawkeye fans and everything. Um, and then favorite Thanksgiving item. It's probably probably the mac and cheese. That's probably that's probably my right. favorite. That's like without a doubt, like that's always the one thing I'm like hey. homemade mac and cheese. Yeah, 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 yeah. Homemade yeah. for sure. Um, either that, either my mom makes or I make. Um, you know, it's gonna be good. So yeah, yeah. That, that's probably that's probably top tier. Everything else um is probably just like a step below that. Um, but the mac and cheese is is definitely top tier. I love it, man. I love it, man. I didn't realize. Um, I asked my team this at the hospital I work at, and mm-hmm. they all said uh, cranberry sauce. I'm like, who likes cranberry <laughs> sauce? I, I, that's terrible. So I appreciate your answer and actually being an answer of a food item that I actually would enjoy as well. <laughs> <laughs> cranberry sauce isn't terrible. I'm not a big fan of it. It ain't my the family, favorite food item. My, my family, my family loves it though. My family, my really? family loves cran- yeah, they love cranberry sauce. Uh, I, but I I don't like love it. I definitely still get it, but I don't I don't like love it like they do. So yeah, cranberry. I I just don't like <laughs> fruit. So like cranberry sauce is, is not <laughs> is not doing for me uh, <laughs> at all. Um, Lashawn, as always, my man. I appreciate you hopping on. I appreciate you uh, carrying the show today um, while I am struggling to formulate thoughts and words in my head. So um, as always, man, you are much appreciated. Uh, your work is is truly amazing, um, and appreciate you chopping on. Um, Hawkeye Nation, appreciate you tuning in. We will be back every single day this week, Monday through Friday. We have free episodes dropping wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Locked on Hawkeyes. Lashana is with us every single Sunday recapping your Iowa football team, hopefully getting a W. As always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you tuning in. Have a phenomenal Sunday, an even better weekend, a better week, a great Thanksgiving, and as always, let's go Hawks.